Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton, and as always, I'm so excited to get to be with you today. Today, I am bringing you an interview that I did with three of my brothers from another mother. They are three men that are graduates of Revelation Wellness Instructor Training from different platoons, fitness teachers, gospel preachers, each of them using it in a very different way. But we brought them together because in light of this month's theme that we're rounding out, if you've been with us on the journey of Jesus is better, uh, we began this month by me coming full circle and stepping out into the light, sharing my story with you of how I had entered into changing my body and changing it back. Um, And really that just for me, for me, it was coming from a place of shame. I did not know it at the time, but this has been the story and the journey that I was on walking into wholeness with the Lord. And now we wanted to make it clear that this is not a woman's only struggle. Amen. (laughs) This is not. Shame is no respecter of gender. So today we're going to hear about this um, so brave of our uh, these three men, um, Brian, Marcus, and Wes, to step forward and share how it plays out in their lives very uniquely and very differently. So I encourage you, women, pull up a chair, close our mouths, open our ears, and listen. Just listen, breathe, and listen, because they have um, something to offer us that we can learn. And gentlemen, I hope that you too would pull up a chair and listen and be encouraged. We are for you. We are for you. The women here of Revelation Wellness, the daughters of God are for you, the sons of God. Okay, one more thing. Rev Wild is now open. Starting June 3rd, we will kick off squad two of our outdoor leadership training program. We launched it on Monday, getting all kinds of downloaded packets, people wanting to know more. So if that's you, you're hearing about this outdoor leadership, learning to take people outdoors that they would encounter the presence of God to know who they are and what they're living for. If that excites you, even interests you, or maybe you're like, I don't know why I'm even thinking about this because that was me, friends. Well, download a packet, find out more information because we would love to see you come into training. And really, again, our biggest picture here at Revelation Wellness is that you would get free, stay free, and go and set others free. This is a gift, this thing called life. Let's get on with it. All right, you guys, enjoy today's podcast, and I look forward to being with you again next time. Peace. All right, everyone. I cannot believe this is this is a first. I've never had a podcast with this this many amazing God fearing men that make me a better woman. So thank you for being here. Um, we, as we discussed this this month, um, talking about Jesus is better and really going after no body shame. It was Tracy East, who is Brian East's wife, who. Uh, Brian is here today. He's joining us. Marcus Osborne is here today. You all know Marcus. His wife is Kara Osborne. And then Wes Shoy is here. He's actually a chaplain here at Revelation Wellness. And uh, Brian, Tracy's wife, Tracy's husband, Brian, uh, is our podcast. Tracy is our podcast producer. And she's like, you know, Lisa, I think we need to get some men in here. Like, this is not a women's only subject. Body shame is not a women-only subject. 
So I'm so honored that these three brothers of mine would be so brave to be like, let's talk about this because it happens and we, we experience it maybe differently for the, us as women. I think we, this is where we get to show up like sons and daughters to the table so that we women, I'm, I'm talking to all the women that are listening today, that we would be aware how we can protect, clothe, and um, be in the battle with our husbands who they're not, they're not alone. We're in this together, but separate, but uniquely um, put together. So I'm going to go one by one for the sake of time that each uh, of my brothers here are going to share. And we're going to start with Marcus. Marcus Osborne, uh, again, husband to Kara. If you guys listen to her, she too has a podcast called In It With You. It's amazing. Um, but the, what he has brought to Revelation Wellness, he graduated. When did you graduate as Revelation Wellness instructor, Marcus? Was it just 23? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Platoon 23. Ah, so good. Yeah. So good. We found, we knew it. It was a matter of time. We've been praying. And That's it's right. really not about the fitness. It isn't about the fitness. This is the way, way God shows up and uses our coming together holistically, sons and daughters, getting back what's been stolen and um, getting to the nitty gritty. And you guys had your own, the men have their own um, group that they can have time to gather as men and do uh, war on their terms. But Marcus, tell us a little bit. First of all, tell us a little bit what, who you are, what you do in terms of the realm that you're around every day. Sure, yes. Um, so I am an administrator at a health system, a hospital in Hickory, North Carolina, actually. Mm-hmm. I've been here for about 18 years. So it's what I do. Uh, luckily, I work in the wellness division, uh, oversee the wellness division, six different departments. And uh, so that's my world is trying to make our community healthier. Um, and I, I love it. And you have two kids? Two kids, 11 and nine. Yes. And boy, girl, boy, right? Yes. Carson is 11 and Mac is nine. Okay. And I say, point that out because isn't it in having children that like things come up in us that we go, oh, I remember that, or that's a vulnerability for me, or the things we Definitely. want to protect them from that we might battle. So tell me, Marcus, how does the subject of body shame intersect with your story? Sure, that's a uh, that's a deep question. And when uh, Tracy reached out, I had to really think about it um, a lot, uh, bringing back some some old wounds. Um, and so I, uh, you know, I don't know if y'all are familiar with this term, but when I was at uh, in elementary school, I was labeled husky. Uh, husky. Yeah, my husband. My husband was labeled yeah. that. He actually they sold yeah. clothing that was that's, husky, and that's all I knew that it was. I thought they were the husky jeans. Yeah, and I realized that those are for bigger boys. Mm. Uh, um, and uh, you know, so it didn't really hit with me until uh, really just uh, a moment. Uh, it's one of those moments that stands out in your mind that wasn't anything special other than it just got imprinted in my brain. I was outside with my dad. Uh, this was probably fifth grade, maybe fifth or sixth grade. And we were grilling and, and just kind of having a good father-son conversation. I love my dad. My dad was my hero. Yeah. Uh, still still one of my heroes. And you know, he was just talking to this, you know, Mark, that's what they called me growing up, Mark. You know, but one, one day you're going to really be concerned about what girls think about you. And he was trying to get me to be more aware of my choices, mm. you know? Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I, I can remember that conversation like it happened yesterday. So just the impact that that had, wow. and I can remember thinking, "Wow, I, I I have friends that 
look more athletic or they look thinner or, you know, you start to do the comparison. Comparison mm-hmm. so evil. And, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so that was the first step. And so I, I just kind of battled with that um, through school. Uh, another big moment. I know I, I went to college, had a great college first year experience, came back, was excited to see my friends and talk to my friends. And one of my friends, uh, she, she looked at me uh, when I got back and she said, wow, did, did you exercise at all? And mm-hmm. like, she was kind of joking, mm-hmm. but at the same time it, it was, she was pointing out the fact that, wow, I put on some weight. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you do up there? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was someone I really respected and um, it was hard. It was hard to hear that. And so uh, I didn't like that at all and began to really focus on making that go away. So restricted what I ate. This was wow. over the summer. You know, so um, just really tried to make changes. And, and of course, you make those changes, whether they're right or wrong. And, and you see mm-hmm. some change there. Um, lost some weight, that kind of thing. And I don't know, just kind of battled that back and forth. So that's probably where I felt like I had the greatest struggle. Um, and then, of course, through college, I learned about exercise. I learned about nutrition. And so yeah. I started to make some of those healthy choices to make those changes. And I can remember um, after college, I graduated and I got a job here in Hickory, North Carolina, working at a local high school. And I don't know if y'all remember when you were in high school, when the new teacher came in, the new staff member came in working mm-hmm. with like, it didn't matter who they were. They were right out of college and they were just kind of cool. Yeah. At least that's what I, that's how I felt. Yeah. They thought I was just a cool guy. Um, I worked at a fitness center at the hospital, which made me cool. Um, mm. And then it hit me one day as I was talking to some uh, coworkers about exercise and fit exercise in, and I made the comment. I said, you know, but I work at the fitness center. So like, I've got to, I got to be the part. I've got to be the image of the part. Yeah. And so all of a sudden that kind of rolled out. What does that look like? And so in my mind, I had the vision of what I needed to look like to be able to work there mm. um, and, mm. uh, and really focus on that and got to where I was really just putting a lot of time and energy into it. Um, and then constant comparison. I think comparison was probably the yeah. worst part. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty observant person and I oh, can wow. tell when things didn't match up. Tell, tell us, so how does comparison play out in guys? Like, what does it feel like as a guy with comparison? What are you comparing yourself to? Uh, well, especially in the fitness realm, you know, I work in a fitness center and so you're watching people come in through that door every day and you're Mm. like, for me, it's like, all right, so that, that guy walked in, oh, he, I bet he exercises a lot. He looks like he exercises a lot. Mm. And then you look at yourself in the mirror when you're changing, you're like, do I look like I exercise a lot? I do. (laughs) (laughs) How am I looking? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then you have somebody else that may come in you're like, oh, wow boy, this is the first time they've been in here in a while. And so you start to kind of get that. Uh, that's how, at least that's how I would judge people. And I know people are different. You know, I've, I've thought back to this and people that I've interacted with, I feel like there are individuals that are one of kind of three categories. Number one, they really idolize it. Like yeah. it's something that they're just uh, really committed, almost uh, infatuated with, obsessed yeah. with. Yeah. Then you've got the group of guys, I've got friends and they could care less. Yeah, like, they really don't put any energy into it. Uh, and then you've got the rest of us that are kind of in between that all along the spectrum. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm supposed to ask this question. Can you tell us, do, do men struggle with their body image with intimacy with their wives? 
I threw that one at you. It wasn't on the sheet. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going off, off script. No, you're good. You're good. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. <laughs> um, you know, I think as in general, I think men have a different level of comparison when it comes to body image, at least in my circles with people mm-hmm. that I talk to and in my own life. Of course, I, Kara and I talk about this a lot, but that's not really fair because of where she, uh, the background that she has. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I would say that I don't think it is uh, as much of a comparison issue, but I don't want to be the only one speaking to that. So as you talk to Brian and Wes, I'll have to chime in. Well, let, let's let them chime in, Brian and Wes. Yeah. Brian, Wes is passing the hot mic to you. Oh, okay. Had to unmute there. Um, yeah, I think that's absolutely an issue. And, uh, you know, Marcus mentioned elementary school. You know, there's, it goes all the way back to the, you know, changing for gym class when you're in elementary school and being mm. on the bus and all the things. Mm. And the, the jokes and the ridicule and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, even coming from people that are, you know, kind of wearing the insecure bully hat, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's absolutely, uh, an issue. And uh, certainly for me, I think that was really imprinted on me early. And I think it ties to some other issues for me too, but, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. So, you know, you, you go through your life, there's that comparison thing going on but you're you're always thinking i'm not enough Mm. i'm not gonna be enough you know Mm. and and feeling somehow less masculine Mm. because you know you think you don't measure up in that way so yeah i think it's absolutely an issue uh what about wes what would you say yeah i would i would agree with that um getting real deep here. I was introduced to pornography when I was 12. Yeah. And that influenced how I saw a lot of things. That's good. Yeah. Very early on in a very negative way. Right. So the bodies that those people had were supposed to look a certain way. Mm. And um, I know how that's shown up for me is, uh, is shame in my own body in that I don't look a certain way. Mm-hmm. But you see it not just with pornography on on television and in the movies that men are supposed to yeah. have this you know, these washboard abs, <laughs> yeah. um, and so the lie that can come for me at times is that my wife would be more attracted to me. She would want desire me more. She would want to be intimate more mm-hmm. if I looked a certain way, mm-hmm. and I don't look that way. Mm-hmm. So that there's something wrong with me. Mm. And how do you, what's your go-to? What do you, what do you do with that? Uh, it, if I'm in a bad place, it's pretty, pretty despairing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm in a good place, it's, it's recognizing that, that my wife loves me for way more than my body. And it wasn't yeah. my body in the first place that attracted her to me. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, it's actually in the space of um, connecting intellectually and emotionally and spiritually that we find ourselves uh, more fulfilled. That's true. That's right. Yeah. So, I'll, Marcus, I'll come back to you. Yeah. 
when it comes to like image, we tend to think, um, you know, body image, whatever for a man, strong, muscular abs, whatever that, you know, everyone gets your picture, whatever that is for a woman, whatever picture that is, does, how does, how, I would say like a man's image too. Like, do you, is there also like character and nature that you think you should be that also like, I don't have that image. I'm not that go to, I'm not that athlete. I'm not that whatever. or I'm not the intelligent one. Tell me how that plays out in your day to day. Sure. No, I, I definitely think probably, you know, as you say that, that may be more on our minds as, as from, from studies that I've done with, with men and the role that we see in our family, we're the provider and the protector. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that goes across lots of different spectrums. That's not just being the breadwinner necessarily. That's, you know, am I able to handle situations? You know, we're mm-hmm. fixtures by nature as well. And mm-hmm. so we're presented with a problem. And, and I'll be honest, this is probably where I struggle more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to say uh, my father-in-law is incredible. Like he's an amazing man. And my wife has countless stories of where she's taken problems to him and he's been able to fix them, whether that's a car or a house or a issue, that kind of thing. And so one of the first things that we struggled with probably was, you know, a situation would come up and we're trying to work through it as a couple. And she says, she says, you want me to call my dad? And it's like, oh, just, yeah, yeah. You're just a wound there. And she didn't mean that at all. And like I said, I love my father-in-law. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that comparison, then you start to see as you interact with other guys and, you know, this man may be able to quote scripture better than me. Uh, this yeah. man sings, my, my wife loves music. And so what I, and I don't, I was not gifted with a musical bone in my body. Um, but you know, there are men out there, Wes, who, who's just an amazing singer, musician. Like what would, how could I connect with my wife if I could do that mm. instead of focusing on where we are able to connect? Mm. So I think it's so, it's so interesting that in both of these scenarios, male or female, what is common is that when we start to obsess or fixate on anything, whether it's something we see in the mirror or an idea of who we think we should be, the minute we do that, we act, cut, cut ourselves off from the source of truth and love. Because we're already enough. Because we're already, we're made in his image. So it doesn't matter about, that the six pack abs aren't there, but we focus on these things. And it's also, I know, you know, Wes has a story, a quite a big story of weight loss for Wes, right? So the, it just depends on your story. Like I know for me, and I shared my story about breast implants and going down and thinking if I could just change my body, I was never like overweight or felt like ostracized by society. It was my own self image that was like, well, I need to be more. I'm not enough here. So maybe more. Where, uh, like you said, Marcus, I was more on the obsessive side, where it's so easy to go into a neglectful place as well. And all of that is just distorted image, whether we do it in our bodies, whether we do it in relationship, whether we do it with our identity, whatever it is. So um, today, um, what would be your, you say like your, your struggle that you just go, I got to snap out of it in any way was just your day-to-day at work or in the environment that you're in where you find yourself not living up to something? Um, How about with your kids? Yeah, I think, I think where I struggle the most, I know that um, Kara and I, she has the ability um, from her counseling background Mm -hmm. to understand 
emotion uh, yeah. and with our kids and she protects that. My dad was a football coach. Um, mm. And so I, I understand how to deal with things kind of through that lens. And we can be trying to handle something together at home. Um, and I take it uh, in one direction and then we're not on the same page. And I'm aware mm. of that, whether mm. that's a look or, or a mm. comment. Um, and so, uh, but then I see her place, I see what she's saying. And so I feel like I failed and I'm mm. the father, I'm the head of the household. Mm. And so if I'm not doing it right, what does that look like? And how is my mm. family going to suffer? I think that's another Harrison piece that comes yeah. out the, from the devil himself. Like, yeah. you know, cause there's no founding of, of that. I mean, to be the head of the household, it is, of course. It's just, it all comes back to shame. Like this whole thing of whether it's in our bodies or in our hearts, shaming ourselves as the role we play, or man, it's just absolutely destructive. So Marcus, what would you want someone to know, or what would you want to convey to other men about this subject? About shame, yeah, body I, shame, hit it. Sure. I think, uh, I think the key, one of the big things that was revealed to me in, in looking at this and that I have found through my own journey is it really comes down to purpose. And like I said, I have a background in sports with uh, sports medicine. And, um, you look at an athletic team, which I think most guys can relate to, not everybody, but work with me. If, if you work with the athletic team, while that play is going on the football team, there's 11 players on the field and it, you know, for them to get down the field, they all have a job to do and they can't be worried about what the other person's doing. So take care of your role. They have a purpose and a collective purpose. And I think any of us that have been a part of a group or a team with a purpose you stop looking at yourself and you start looking at the goal. Uh, mm. You start looking at what that purpose. And so if we can realize that our purpose is, is God given then God's mm. the one that's given us the purpose, then we need to focus on him. And, and, you know, there's countless accounts in the Bible where when people took their eyes off of God or the, the task that they'd given them, that's when they ran into trouble. Mm. And so if we Amen. can continue to focus, go back to God, remind ourselves of that, we stop looking around. We stop looking at comparison um, yeah. or, or experiencing that comparison. And there's, there's freedom. There's peace in that. Amen. And when you, when you have that unrest, you've, you've got to be disciplined enough to come back and find it. That's so good. That's so good. I know your wife would agree. We often say her and I both would share this room. We're like, man, I've made it about me again. Like I've made it about me. It's not about my purpose here is greater than just myself. Man, that's freedom. That's where the spirit of the Lord is. Awesome. Okay, we're going to go over to Wes. Wes, specifically, first of all, tell us a little bit about where you are and what platoon you were in. Yeah, uh, I'm in Denver, Colorado. I'm a pastor here, and uh, I went through platoon 20. In, with Brian. Uh, Brian's pumping yeah, his fist Brian. in the air. I guess 20 was a, or t yeah, 20 was a big one. 20 was a, it was a big one. A lot of guys came through. <laughs> um, and a lot of those guys, their their wives had preceded them, just like mine. And she, <laughs> my wife came through Platoon 19. Yeah, and she did. Then, uh, then I saw the change that happened in her, and I just said, I gotta, I want what you've got. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and that's what, what brought me to Rev, yeah. And now you have two tattoos the size of Alaska and Australia on you <laughs> that explain joyful warrior. No joke, you guys. It is like, yeah. it is who you are, for sure. Identity has definitely been something we've been watching you just totally step into. It's awesome. Okay. So tell us, um, is this a personal struggle for you? Has it been a part of your story in the past and how? Yeah. 
Yeah, it is and has been. And um, I don't remember where it all started, but I, I can remember specifically sometime around high school, like my freshman year. I And I knew that I was a little husky, as, as Marcus said there. Um, I loved playing basketball um, and and I could take a charge. And I sort of took pride in that. Um, mm -hmm. and even before that, I'll even go back a little farther. Cause I was, it was probably seventh grade. My mom said that me and my brother, we had to be doing something active mm. for our health. And, um, she thought the best way to do that for me was to put me into swim team in seventh grade. Oh gosh. And I, she's already made it known that my health is the point here. And uh, here I am, this this boy going through puberty who is now, you know, this husky boy who's going through puberty <laughs> wearing a Speedo. So no! everybody sees what's going on. And I'm surrounded by other boys who are a lot skinnier than me. And then surrounded by girls who are going oh, through puberty. And wow. in, in they're very tight swimsuits yeah, swimming. And, yeah. and all that awkwardness, just so much awkwardness and feeling very much like I don't belong in this crew because of the size of my body. And that was at what age again? Seventh grade? This is in seventh grade. Yeah. Wow, 12 years old. Um, and somewhere around probably that freshman year, I, I, I went sort of the opposite way of like, I'm going to obsess over exercise and control mm -hmm. and i'm just gonna make my weight my identity mm -hmm. uh, and i don't know that i made that a conscious decision but taking pride in being able to take a charge mm -hmm. um, and be the brick wall so to speak um yeah. so i would say things like you know it takes a lot of fuel to run a big truck when i'm overeating mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh i'm i'm just i'm just a big guy from a family of big guys mm -hmm. so somehow it's that's part of the identity too. Um, mm. And, and that followed me all through my life until just really maybe three years ago. Uh, yeah. um, and, the, and that alternating between, well, this is part of my identity and I feel terrible about it too. Mm. Because Shame. then I'd have people who really love me come to me and say, I'm really concerned mm -hmm. about your weight. And I'm concerned about what that's doing to your health and your effectiveness in ministry to, for God to use you mm -hmm. that it, my doctor saying you're going, you're going to die <laughs> mm -hmm. if you don't do something. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and feeling terrible about that. And tell us what was the highest you got? I know part of your story is you gained quite a yeah. bit of weight, like just to what level did the doc, what, where were you when the doctor said you have to do something? I was, I was at 260 pounds as a five eleven guy. So that's, okay. And, and I couldn't even really see how bad it was until the doctor says, hey, you're going to have a stroke before you're 40 if we don't do something. Um, and yeah. would, would you say that it compounds like the shame of the size and then, you know, like how do you, would you ever get it, out of the spiral and then get back in it or? Yeah, there would be times where I would, especially when I met my wife, because she's athletic and she, I mean, she was a star basketball player. She loved the outdoors and hiking. And it's funny how like things that I loved as a kid, I stopped doing because 
especially in Colorado where the air is so thin, mm. I'm huffing and puffing mm. if I want to go hiking. Mm-hmm. And uh, But this desire to be with this beautiful woman who is so just amazing and godly got me out on the trail with her, mm-hmm. <laughs> snowshoeing and hiking. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'd, I'd find myself exercising more and trying to eat a little better. Mm-hmm. But then something would happen that would set me back and it would go on like that over and over. And I feel terrible every time. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was the turning point? What was the turning point? Uh, I was trying really hard to become an Air Force chaplain. And um, I could never, ever meet the weight standards. And uh, I can remember sitting in my car outside of the grocery store, just getting off the phone with a recruiter saying, call me when you've lost 50 pounds. Dang. Um, and just bawling my eyes out and finally saying, Lord, I'll do, I'll do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> wow. I'll, I need you to help me change because I can't do this on my own. Um, mm. I've tried for so long and never been able to do it. And I need you to do it. <laughs> wow. And that was a change. I mean, what, what is it? How does, cause you had to fight the battle of shame, like yeah. to get up yeah. and then to grow, partner with the Lord. What did that look like on that side, on the other side of that prayer? Well, it looked like uh, one of my congregation members, who turns out to be one of your friends, Alex Kirkendall. Oh, Alex. Shout out to Alex. Okay. (laughs) She shared on Instagram, uh, revving the word. Yeah. And my wife found that. And then subsequently, I started listening to it as (laughs) I, 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 because I felt like the Lord was saying, you need to start moving. So I did. And then I started listening to revving the word. Mm-hmm. And and hearing the truth of God's word mm-hmm. and the truth of, of of who I am while I move my body started to change things. That's right. And then I started doing something I never ever said I would do, which is spend time in silence and solitude mm-hmm. with the Be Still and Be Loved podcast, mm-hmm. and and letting the Lord love me. Yes in silence and and getting rid of all the distractions that I always kept around me and, and letting him tell me who I am that, and this is one of my, it's like the core fear is you're unwanted, Mm -hmm. you're undesired. Mm -hmm. And and to hear him say, I chose you Mm -hmm. before the foundations of the earth to be my child. Mm -hmm. I wanted you Mm -hmm. and I want you still. Yeah. Um, started to heal some deep wounds in my my heart. Yeah, that's amazing. And so that is such a testimony for how we fight shame, much like Marcus was saying too, like coming back to what have I made it about? Let me hear my father's voice. Let me let me get back. Let me get back. Oh man, that just takes me. Okay, I'm gonna come back to you in a minute, Wes. I'm gonna jump over to Brian because Brian forever burned in my mind is just you coming back to the father's heart after whatever, you know, shame just tells us lies. It tells us something and we can get hardened and whether it's about our bodies or whatever it is, we'll make it about anything so that we have an excuse not to go home, not to go back to the father's heart, not to get the truth that we need that sobers us up. Okay. So Brian, tell us a little bit about you where you are and uh, a little background. And when platoon you, well, we know platoon 20, it was the platoon 20. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, platoon 20, Tracy's my wife. Um, you want me to jump right into 
Tell me what you do. Tell me what you do. Tell us a little bit what you do. Uh, Right now I do um, computer stuff, social media marketing, um, media production stuff. But you have a degree so I sit in front in, of a computer all day. You have a degree in Bible and religion. So there's you have church. Yes. You have church in your background. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And was a, a pastor for uh, several years and well, really in volunteer and actually full time capacities. So Okay. So how does the subject of body shame intersect your story? Um too much, I'm afraid. <laughs> okay. Um I was as I was indicating before, um, you know, I remember a lot from elementary school in particular, and I think I'm glad you mentioned the word comparison, Marcus, because I hadn't even thought of that word before, but it's totally true. Um, you know, I, I remember horrible memories of not only locker room kind of comparison stuff, but um, in elementary school, and maybe they don't even do this anymore. I don't know, but it was always, you know, mm. dividing the the boys up shirts and skins, right? Mm. And I was just feeling awful when I had to be on the skins team and you know and take my shirt off and uh, play in the gym that way. Um, yeah. But a big part of my story, which I didn't, I didn't even remember until I was a freshman in college, was um, that I'd been sexually abused by a babysitter mm-hmm. on and off between the ages of four and seven. Mm. And, um, and so that, that just had a huge impact. And um, so everything from comparison and how sex and sexuality gets yeah. all mixed up in there yeah. and um, feeling dominated, you know, and I think, part of my issues with body shame and masculinity and comparison was always feeling less than and afraid of the bigger boys and the athletes yeah. and the, you know, who I perceived as stronger yeah. uh, and, and bigger and, and those kind of things. And, but just being ashamed of my body in general, um, you know, always wanting to wear jeans, always wanting to wear socks, mm-hmm. you know, not wanting to feel uncovered. Mm-hmm. I've hated swimming, hated swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, all that's, uh, you know, rolling around in the in the background. And I think I was really, I don't think I know, I was really out of touch uh, with my body. I was going to ask you that, disconnected to your body, right? I mean, that you didn't yeah. even know you were, were, correct? I mean, what would you say that? Right. That what's that history of or the story of coming back to your body? Yeah, um, I knew all about because um, of my background and my experience and everything, uh, even in ministry. I you know know about freedom and yeah, spiritual freedom, sure, yet emotionally healthy, whatever. But I didn't realize how disconnected from my body I was, and it was actually at. Um, the very first rev on the road in Hickory, North Carolina, of all places, where um, the the Friday night session rev on the mat, it just wrecked me because mm-hmm. it was for the first time, maybe ever, certainly in decades, that I had gotten in my body mm. and really started feeling down on the inside like my body is good, you yeah. know, yeah, not 
because I, you know, I didn't believe that my body was good and I had good toxic theology to back it up, you know, that my body wasn't good. So that was just a game changer for me. And so good. And that was the beginning of the Lord drawing me towards holistic freedom, you know, and, and yeah. integrating body and spirit and soul uh, all together. So good. Again, the thread, oh, the thread of until you come back to yourself and come back to who made us, like coming back to the heart of the Father. And he's not scary and doesn't shame us. He doesn't shame us. We shame ourselves. So sure. how do you battle this today? Because it has, doesn't just go away, I imagine. How, how does the battle show up sometimes today? I asked, again, like intimacy, is that... Do you feel more in your body now and like ownership of, you know, your whole self? Um, I think I'm getting there in that area. Um, part of the issue with uh, trauma and sexual trauma is those darn triggers. And so sometimes stuff can come out of left field and, you know, surface in my body that I wasn't expecting that what's going on, you know, and, yeah. But uh, through certainly counseling, but um, through really, and I love the hashtag on social media, like movement is medicine, you know. Ah, totally. So one of the, one, one of the biggest ways that I, I battle this now is through movement. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's that song floating around, this is how I fight my battles. And that's mm -hmm. really become my thing. This is how I fight my battles. I, I work out or I, so um, you know, do yoga movement kind of stuff mm -hmm. and a lot of of kind of the be still and be loved the the mindfulness and the deep breathing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just being in the present moment and being in my body and being in the presence of god and and affirming you know mm -hmm. i'm safe body is good and uh, it's good that made me the way that i am and you know yeah, I think that's something I hope for all of our listeners of wives, you might be having your husbands listen to this, but um, anytime you hear, well, I know for any of these men here that move their bodies or go work out, they're not doing it to try to escape something. I know a lot of men that will mm -hmm. do that. I mean, my husband's story, he when the years that he was an atheist, literally running from God, Iron Man after Iron Man, like going, 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 like... And I can remember just thinking, God, what is he running from? Instead of to come, like we actually use the movement to say, I'm going to be in my body. I'm going to get in what's going on and we're going to process what we're thinking, what we're feeling. It's not about adding more weight to the weight rack. And I mean, that's, you can have fun. We're not mm -hmm. saying you don't have fun. Like you can do fun things. But when right. you know movement is medicine for you, that's, that's how you fight your battles. That's part of it. Yep. So what would you say to someone today who battles, a guy listening who battles body shame? What would you want them to say? Shame, body shame. Um, the, the biggest thing I always think of is, um, you know, you're not alone. And I think it's, we guys tend to stuff things and not talk about feelings and, and all of that, but it it's okay. It's us too. And it doesn't make you any a man or any less masculine Come on. to admit that you're struggling with this. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that you're, that you're secretly comparing yourself 
to, you know, the other guys at the gym or the guys yeah. who are wherever, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's not a sign of weakness. It's just a sign of, Hey, this is part of the brokenness that human I'm nature. carrying. Humanity. Yeah. It's, it's human stuff. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I can run off in left field and try to cope with that in unhealthy ways, or I can turn to my heavenly father and, you know, be held and loved and welcomed and healed Amen. and received and all those things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. There's nothing that the world can give us. Nothing. There's nothing that your wives can say or anyone can do when it's just yep. that thing. I mean, wives, I, I'm asking to get the ear of the wives right now. I come back to, we really are there, our men's cheerleaders. We really are. <laughs> it never sounds too silly to just tell them how great, what a great job they're doing, what great husbands they are, what great lovers they are, whatever it is. It's awesome. Cheer them on. Even if you don't feel like it today, ladies and men, do this to your wives. Tell them how amazing and hot they are. And like, you just got to be with them. Like, it's so simple. Our words just break chains off of people instead of walking around in this mantle that feels like wooden, you know, a yoke that's just ill-fitting. It's so powerful. So if you're listening, we have a role to play. We can, we can be free. And it's really a lot simpler than we think. Um, I want to ask in closing too, do each of you, do you guys all have like community that it is like men that you go, here it is. This is my stuff. This is like, I don't have to put a pretense. I can tell them that I'm battling getting older and feeling weak or not feeling whatever. Do you guys have those communities? And if so, how important are they? Wes. Yeah. Yeah. West. Oh, Mark. No, go ahead, Marcus. Go ahead. <laughs> no, yes, uh, I do. And actually, that's part of my journey, too. I discovered a group, uh, uh, F3, if you're familiar with it, um, mm-hmm. Fitness Fellowship and Faith. And so um, we uh, we get together at 5.30 in the morning and do boot camp workouts outside mm-hmm. in some random park somewhere. Um, and one of the things that really hit me there, too, with this journey is um, it messed up my workout plan. Uh-huh. You know, if I'm, if if I'm trying to do a certain strength training program, you know, split mm. routines, whatever that looks like, well, I have no idea what we're going to do at five thirty in the morning. So if I do legs the day before, I'm going to be shot. So I started changing my workout to just be more able to to, to be there with the guys. Come I wasn't going to give up the guys Come because on. those guys, combination of working with them and then you know, we even started a running group and I'm not a runner, but when you run with a group of guys, you get to talk. And so yeah. to be able to tell them, Hey guys, listen, this is, this is what I'm dealing with. Guess what happened this weekend? This is what I said. This is Come what on. I did. I need y'all. I need you to help me like this. And, and then interesting is to start that and then to have another guy go, you know, me too. That's something that I dealt with too, that wouldn't it come up and and then that group becomes so much closer. And then like you always said, at least it's not about the fitness. It's mm-hmm. not about the running Mm-mm. It's the idea that as we're active and we're moving, we, we drop barriers and we drop walls and we're able to talk and connect and, and, and to truly get better, not just feel better, but, but to get better. Amen. I love that. It's so true, right? It does. We have to choose. Is it my workout plan? Me having tight, whatever. And you only have so much time in the day. So what's mattering most life is about relationship. Let me choose relationship over these other things. And that's when we know we're, we're maturing. That's so good. 
Okay, uh, what about you, Wes? Community, what is, how does it play a factor in you yeah, fight, fa- fighting yeah. this battle? Well, it's, it's funny because one of the guys on this podcast, Brian, is one of my guys that I, I talk to quite a bit just about what's going on in my life and when it comes to shame and hmm. working out and all those things and just having a, even a brother across the country from me to reach out to when hmm. stuff is getting real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in preparation, even for this podcast, uh, I meet with a small group of guys every Wednesday morning for breakfast. And I just opened it up to them this past week and just said, Hey guys, can you tell me, do you ever struggle with body shame? Mm. And to a guy around that table, it was a yes. Wow. And here are the stories that feed into that. And, yeah. um, and, and it's amazing how, when you start talking about real stuff like that and not just talking about like <laughs> your, your, your portfolio or, <laughs> or what's going on at work. I mean, yeah. that's, those things are fine. But when we start talking about this stuff that really affects us as a, at a really deep level, the, the level of intimacy that increases the vulnerability that we, we have with one another, the ability to reach out in the future and say, I'm really struggling and I just need prayer. Um, having that community is so important to finding both freedom and then continued victory from these kinds of things. Amen. Amen. Brian, how about you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like Wes said, um, he's one of the guys I often will connect with. Um, ever since Platoon 20, we were prayer partners in and we've maintained that mm-hmm. um, connection ever since then. And I'm, I'm an introvert, so I don't really have like a a larger group, Mm -hmm. but uh, Wes, and there's one other guy in particular that um, I'll reach out to, whether text message, phone call, whatever, and um, ask for prayer or, you know, share, this is what I'm struggling with today, you know, that kind of thing. And it's huge. Uh, You know, I was thinking, you know, one of the revelation wellness things is, get free, stay free and help set others free. And I think having that kind of um, community mm-hmm. really, whether it's a, a one-on-one or a, a larger group, mm-hmm. having authentic community is one of the hugest, most important ways that we stay free. Totally. Um, Cause we're not meant to do this on our own. Amen. And, and, and I think that's something that guys need to, accept and internalize because I don't know from when we come out of the womb, it's like we're, we're fed this line that we, you know, we have to be tough and individual and don't trust your feelings and, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah, that's, it's really the opposite. If you're going to be healthy and whole and we need each other. That's so true. I think of the, we have to remember the curses, you know, the curse is that for the man is that um, that you by the sweat of your brow you will work and things things will be hard for you. It's almost as if we we in our default we just think life is supposed to be hard, so I just make it hard on myself instead of doing the opposite. Is oh, I can reach out. It's risky to reach out, but we know that's when someone else can bear our burdens with each other. It's so good. You guys have blessed so many today. I. 
I feel like I want to go call my husband and tell him what amazing guy he is <laughs> and just tell him how incredibly attracted I am to him. Like, this is what we do is how we fight our battles is in truth. It's so freeing. You guys are amazing. Okay. I feel like, um, Brian, in closing, would you pray, pray for all the men who have listened to this podcast and the women, everyone who's listening, and we're saying this is a common human experience. Would you pray for them? Yeah. Amen. Oh, well, Lord, thanks for the opportunity to be vulnerable and to just put this out in the air. Yeah. And Lord, I pray for every man that's listening to this. Mm-hmm that you would sit close to them and that you would touch their hearts, Lord, and help them to let go of the defenses and the excuses that are keeping them trapped in shame. Yeah. Pray that you would um, provide and connect them with community Mm -hmm. that they need so that they can be vulnerable and let go of some of these burdens and Pray that you would bring freedom, Lord. Yeah. And for for the, the women and the, the couples that are listening and every marriage that's represented, Lord, I pray that you would just break the power of shame. Yeah. Because it's it's garbage and it's toxic and that's not what you created us for. Mm-hmm. Thank you for making us the way that you intended to make us. Yeah. Thank you for calling us good. So I pray that you would heal us to be able to live into that goodness as men and women and couples. Yeah. Bring freedom, Lord. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.